Welcome to another episode of the Chronically Fulfilled Life podcast. Today, we are joined by an extraordinary guest, Jordan Gill. Jordan is a multi-seven-figure business strategist and the brilliant mind behind the podcast, System Save. In our conversation, Jordan generously shares her experience of building a successful business while navigating the challenges of chronic illness. She shed lights on the transformative journey of adapting her business to align with the realities of her health challenges and highlights the importance of letting go of any shame or judgment when it comes to making necessary changes. With a mission to empower high-achieving business owners to prioritize rest without sacrificing revenue, Jordan's insights are both inspirational and practical. Throughout this episode, Jordan shares her insights into setting boundaries, implementing systems, prioritizing self-care, and the essential components of achieving your goals. We also explored the journey of balancing parenthood while making your health a priority. So join us as we explore Jordan Gill's journey, unraveling the systems that saved her and continue to guide her on the path to building a full life she loves. This episode is packed with wisdom, inspiration, and actionable strategies for anyone navigating life with a chronic illness or health challenges. Before we dive into today's episode, it's important to note that the content we discuss is based on personal experiences, and we want to emphasize that this is not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare professionals for personalized guidance on your unique journey. I'm your host and chronic illness bestie, Alyssa Trulove, and this show is dedicated to honest and realistic conversations about building a life you love while navigating the challenges of chronic illness. There is no room for toxic positivity here, and I promise you I will never claim to have a magic cure for your chronic illness. But what I will do is share my real-life stories, provide genuine strategies, solutions, and invite some incredible guests to support you along your journey. You're listening to the Chronically Fulfilled Life Podcast. Hello, Jordan. I am beyond thrilled to have you on today's episode. And I just want to tell everybody listening something. So when I started this podcast, I made a list and it was on my whiteboard and it's like dream podcast guests. And Jordan was on that list, and I was talking to one of my biz besties that has been in Jordan's world for a while, and she said to me, why don't you just ask? You can't, there's no harm in asking, right? So I did, and now we're here. So just, Uh, you know, a friendly reminder, if you don't ask, you you nothing will happen. I know, exactly. And a lot of times you, you like overanalyze that stuff. Like I always think, oh gosh, they're going to be annoyed, or they're going to be like, whatever. And I feel like the majority of the time, like it actually never, like, it's like, oh, they're actually okay with it. And like, you know, so it's just you holding yourself back. So I'm honored to be on your list and I'm so glad to be here. So glad. Yes. Those stories that we tell ourselves, right? Amazing. Well, I would love for you to share kind of to start us off a little bit about your journey, your chronic illness journey. 
Yes. So I was always a very ambitious child. My mom will tell you I was in all of the clubs, doing all the things, have all the friend groups. And so my energy was very, very high from a very young age since the very beginning. And my mom would just tell me to like literally run outside and get your energy out because you're like too much. That's how high of energy I was. And so when it started to kind of dip was actually in like seventh, eighth grade middle school was when we first started seeing that like I got stomach aches when I ate basically every time I ate. And but it wasn't like throw up. It wasn't like not to get graphic, but like it wasn't any of those things. It just was like discomfort. And so that was like our first sign of like something is off. And I basically the doctor said I was making it up and per, you know, the usual story. And then so I just like was like, OK, I guess I'm just going to eat, continue to eat and have my stomach hurt every time. And so that spanned through really up until I would say end of college. So whatever, 10-ish years maybe. And my mom actually had gotten tested for celiac and allergies and things like that. She tested positive for celiac. And she's like, you probably have it. And so I got tested initially for celiac and allergies. So positive for celiac, positive for milk allergy, egg allergy, and a few other like minor stuff. So that was kind of like phase one of like, okay, I'm cutting out gluten, I'm cutting out dairy, I'm cutting out all these things. And then a couple, maybe two years later, I had a panic attack at the gym somewhat randomly, but also there was a lot of stress going on in my life and whatnot. I was in, getting my master's degree at a full-time job. I had this like side business thing I was doing and I just was like maxed out on stress. And so I had a panic attack at the gym and I was like, okay, I need to go and like see what's going on with that because that was abnormal for me. And I went to a naturopath, got the full blood panel. And they were like, well, like, yes, you're stressed. So like bring down your stress levels. And we're also seeing that you actually are positive for hypothyroidism and then chronic fatigue. And there was a that came up to me, too, because when I was lifting and stuff like I was like overexhausted at the time. I'm like 25, 20. I'm like, I, I, I don't need to be exhausted. Like I have energy, but for some reason I don't have energy. And so they're like, yeah, you have chronic fatigue. And so you need to do walks and yoga. And I'm like, like, I weight lift. Like, I, like, (laughs) I've run a half marathon. Like, I'm an active person. And so, you know, it's over the span of of many, many years. And, you know, so my three illnesses are celiac, chronic fatigue, and hypothyroidism that I have to manage pretty consistently. And I, I, you know, you learn the signs, you learn when flare-ups are kind of starting to come about, or obviously when they arrive, they come in, in, you know, big fashion. But so I've, I've had to deal with that again, probably end of college for celiac and then maybe 24, 25 hypothyroidism chronic fatigue. Thank you for sharing. One thing that kind of popped out to me when you were sharing and talking about when you were younger and you went to the doctor and of course it's all in your head or they don't believe you or they push it off. And it is so disheartening that at that age where people are starting to experience these symptoms and they're at a formative age where we are shutting them down, we are not answering their questions, and we are forming this belief in themselves that what they're saying is not true. It is ridiculous. 
and something that unfortunately I hear time and time again. So I am happy that your mother was able to help you kind of take those next steps and realize, okay, what steps are in our control that we can take with that? Exactly. Very good. Very, very grateful for her advocacy for sure. And then it taught you also to be an advocate when you said, okay, yoga and walks. It's not really, you know, that's not the magic pill. People claim it to be just shouting it out there. (laughs) Yoga is not going to crawl. Oh my gosh, my words fumbling. Yoga is not going to cure your chronic illness. Yes, it is an amazing coping mechanism and can be really great for mindset and movement of the body, but it is not the cure for your chronic illness. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) Right? Okay. So Jordan, you are the systems guru. You not only have led the way in your industry with systems, but I know I've been a fan for so long of how you've implemented them in your business. But I also know that you have done this in your life as well. And I would love to know, what was your first experience of systems? What was the first time that you maybe implemented something, even if it was small and you realized, ooh, efficiency, like, okay, I could use this to my advantage? Yeah, I think it probably was when I was younger. I was a very, I still am, but I was a very avid reader. And so my books were very organized. And then my mom, actually, this is how much I love books, was she bought these kitty litter boxes, you know, that are like, I don't know, a good size. And we would literally heap them and we would check all those books out. And that would last me like a couple of days, like for real. <laughs> my mom was like, I can't get this gal enough books. So my first system was around the library checkout and keeping my books organized and keeping the library checkout books organized so that, again, there was no late fees or anything like that. Like, I knew where everything was. So, like, thinking of, okay, like, when was my very, very first system? It probably was back then. And I think in life, a system that I definitely have is, like, I'm just somebody who likes to put things back in the same place, uh, which is very entertaining because my husband is not like that. <laughs> I'm like your husband. I am not like that in my life. <laughs> like I like every day I know exactly where my shoes are because I literally leave them in the exact same spot right next to the buffet table near the front door. Like I I put everything and even the pockets in my purse. I know what is in each pocket. And so a, a system that I try to implement that I think is kind of funny but helpful to me is I bought me all gray chargers my husband has all white chargers and my bonus son has all black chargers and so we know whose chargers who because somebody's chargers me uh somebody's chargers were getting stolen when we all had the same color so now i know if you're using my charger because it's gray And so I have chargers. That's one of the things I hate low batteries. That's a very high anxiety thing for me. And so I have charge. I have a charger next to my bed. I have a charger next to the couch. I have a charger in my car. I have a charger in my purse, in my office, like all the places. And they stay there. And my husband and my bonus son, they carry theirs everywhere. And who knows where their chargers are at any given time. (laughs) So that's a system that makes me feel very good. Again, I'm a highly anxious person as well. So I just, I don't like to have to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know where someone, something is. So I have, it's a silly system around chargers, but it makes me feel better because again, I get high anxiety when my battery and things are low. No. And that's not, it's not silly. It just, it's another example of how systems can be simple. 
They don't have to be these complex things. Even the fact, I love that library book story because yes, you knew where everything was and you're avoiding the late fees. You're avoiding the stress because stress does not help anybody's body, let alone if you're battling a chronic illness. So if you can decrease that and even your anxiety, if you know that you have chargers in all the spots, you never have to have that fear inside of you that your 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 phone's going to die or your laptop's going to die. Anything like that, you can rest easy, assured that they are where you need them to be. So I think exactly. that's awesome. <laughs> love, I love that. Okay, so a lot of our listeners are parents as well. And I know you are a parent to your bonus son. Yeah. And trying to balance and prioritize your health while also being an active parent and an entrepreneur. What are ways that you've been able to do this in your life? Totally. I think that it first started with my husband. So, you know, entering a marriage where there was a child and helping him understand because my husband is very high energy as well. And so letting him know like, hey, I'm resting because it's what's necessary for me to, again, reboot, to heal, to rejuvenate, all the things. And so, you know, he's very much like I'm when he wakes up, he's out the bed in like 0.2 seconds. Like he is not trying to lay around (laughs) and do all that sort of stuff. And so like when I'm just like, you know, relaxing, doing my sauna blanket, whatever it is that I'm doing. He's always just like perplexed by my like seemingly, I don't know, excessive, like chill, relaxed, like method of how I do things. And so it took him understanding, Marcus understanding how I operate and what that entails, what that looks like. It's not coming from a place of laziness. It's not coming from a place of avoidance. It's not coming from a place of any of those things. It truly is. I have to rest more than the average person in order to maintain the levels of balance, emotional, you know, just dealings. And so I had to win him over first and he fully understands that now. I think when we first were dating, it was very, very, very difficult for him to understand, which it is kind of weird or difficult to understand because it's like, I don't, again, it's this invisible illness. You can't, it's not like I'm coughing excessively or like somebody outwardly where it's like, okay, clearly you're sick. It's just, it's very internal. And so once I won him over, then he kind of helped me, you know, reach Colin in the sense of like, hey, you know, here's you know the activities that I'm going to do as your dad. Here are the activities Jordan's going to do. Like, I'm the puzzler. I'm the reader. I'm the, like, cuddle up and watch a movie-er. Like, those are my parenting things. And Marcus is the go play basketball, go outside, run around, be crazy. So we've found kind of our groove in that way. And there are there times that I do play basketball with Colin? Yes, right? But it's on the minimum. And... Two, Colin has very high energy as well. And what's interesting is I was noticing some inflammation in in Colin, actually. And I was like, like, I think that Colin may, I don't, I didn't think he had celiac, but I thought gluten was definitely inflammatory for him. And so we pulled gluten out of his diet. And like, I'm telling you, like he slimmed up, like he was just puffy. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just a puffiness. And I remember having that puffiness when I was younger. And again, of course, Colin is not genetically mine, but I can notice those those differences. And so 
we then took uh, gluten and reduced dairy and like he has so much more energy is not lethargic like it's wild and you know for most people it's just like okay like he's puffy whatever you know but as somebody who has gone through that i can advocate for him on his behalf and marcus is like i'm so glad we've taken gluten now like i'm like just really really grateful and so you know it's it's a work in progress and i think that to you know not having it be like something that you're shamed about or anything like that and not that my family ever did that but just helping them to understand as much as possible right like and what we have to go through as people who are struggling with chronic illness like we we may have to advocate more for ourselves than just anybody, you know, walking around. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I would rather people know what I need and when I need it than just kind of go about my day. So while it may be uncomfortable at first, or it may feel like you're a burden or that you're asking too much, like I'm used to bringing my own food to like a lot of family gatherings. Like I'm used to all of those things. And now, you know, with Colin, like we made a special like gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, red velvet mini donut situation for Thanksgiving. And it was fun. It was an activity and it was safe and like fun and all of that. And so it's like, how can we, because as a kid, it would be hard. It would be really, really hard to go through that. And so I'm trying to, and again, he felt special, like no one else can have my mini donuts. They're mine. And so, you know, we're able to turn that around a little bit. So parenting is tough though. It is. (laughs) I will admit It's just so incredible to me the fact that you were able to take something that you learned at a younger age of advocating for yourself and having to and being able to step up in that position and advocate for somebody you love in your life. Yeah. To be able to do that and to recognize the symptoms and to notice that I want to look into this. It might be, maybe it is nothing. Maybe there is just, you know, maybe it isn't. But if I don't look in, I don't know and I have the opportunity to. I'm going to. Yep. And I love that you had those conversations with your husband, boyfriend at the time, husband, because they're so important. And I think for anybody in any relationship, but communication is so important. Oh gosh, everything. Everything. And expressing your needs, because you're expression, expressing what you need, like you said, it does not make you a burden. It does not make you hard to love or have extra baggage or anything like that, you're just laying out the honest truth and being transparent so that there isn't any confusion or resentment or kind of being the quiet where you're resting and you both don't really know what's going on. You're trying to navigate this where you speak up and do advocate and speak for yourself and share that communication if that person isn't willing to make a plan with you or step in or do that, maybe that's not your person, right? And I think so many people don't have these conversations because they are uncomfortable. And then unfortunately, it builds, right? It it builds. So yeah. I'm so happy that you were able to have those conversations and find the groove that works for you and your family. I love that you are the puzzler. Because it just shows, even with low energy, there are activities that you can do that are special between the two of you. And it's just because maybe you're not playing basketball every day. It doesn't make you less than in the situation. Exactly. And even, 
bringing up about just like, again, you think of um, like household chores even, right? So it's like mm-hmm. cleaning of the house or doing dishes or laundry. Like it's very strenuous. And before I was married and had my business, like I had a cleaner. I had, you know, support with cooking and, and meal prep and stuff because I knew that, again, my energy, even as a single person, was low. And so I made those adjustments prior to getting married. I think it was like the third date or something. I was like, listen, if you're looking for a super domesticated, going to cook all your meals, laundry, all that stuff, I haven't been doing that for myself for three years. So I'm not going to do it when we're married. And so he's like, okay. But again, I wanted to like be upfront about it and let him know, again, this is part of how I operate because it's not helpful for me to expend the little energy that I already have on this stuff. And so as a quality time love language person, again, I have to think that way. So then when we got married, we were looking into house managers and we've had the same house manager for almost two years. She's amazing. Every single week she comes in, does laundry, takes Colin to school in the morning. So Marcus and I get to sleep in. Like she does our meal prep or grocery shopping. She like makes our beds even every day, like all the things that like I just do not want to do around the house, don't have the energy to do. It's been amazing how much more quality time me, Marcus and Colin have because we aren't bombarded by a lot of the physical gruelingness of household chores. And again, it's something that we may not think about because it just feels like it's something we have to do, but it is also available to us. Obviously, it's a financial investment. But even if you're able, I think we started at like five hours a week and now she's up to 30 because she's doing a lot of co- like taking Colin everywhere and whatnot. But it it started at five and it just was like, do our laundry. <laughs> like if you can just do the laundry for the week, that is going to be heavenly. Right. So that also is available to you. If again, you're looking at if I have this much energy, but I need to exert this much in order to get everything done, something's got to give in that gap, whether it's your spouse or whether it's outside care. Yes, 100%. And like you said, the thing, you being able to, one, be self-aware and know that quality time is your love language. So being able to see how can I get more of that? How can I get more of that time? Because I know overall it's going to help not only my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health for that. And yes, different things can be a financial investment, but there are so many ways that you can implement different things like that in your life. Like even with there's Instacart now and some low ways that you can kind of get into outsourcing things in your life because we give you permission. It's okay. It is okay if you don't want to grocery shop. I know. Yeah. If you're not domestic, that's okay. Me either. (laughs) Yes. Like I just feel like there's so much shame around that side of things, investing on the house side. It seems like the, the investment should be on the business side should be business, 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 get you a VA, get you a graphic designer, get you a social media person, blah, blah, blah. People do not want, for some reason, to embrace having help at home, whether that makes them less than or whatever the case is. And, you know, it it's a tough conversation. It, Marcus was uncomfortable with it at the very beginning, for sure. He was like, are you joking me? Not because he wanted me to do it, but just like he grew up in a two-parent household and they did everything. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She did everything. And I saw my mom do everything. And I was like, she's exhausted. She has a lot going on. And I don't want that life for me or for us. So something's got to give. And I think that 
you know, it's too often like that is what, again, can cause a lot of rifts and then that adds to the stress, like those household things. And there's actually a documentary, I don't know if you've seen it, called Fair Play. No. Uh, Reese Witherspoon spearheaded it. And now there's like a card game. And it's basically like if you're splitting household chores with your significant other, it's it's like the invisible, what does she call it? Invisible workload, I think. And so it's these, all these cards of things that you do, like take out the trash, like clean the bathrooms, whatever, whatever. And it's in a stack and you and your husband sit there and sort it how it is right now so that your husband or your partner can see like how many cards I have. And so then you can take that time to then sort the cards in a more even fair way. So that way, again, you guys are taking it on together. Again, if it's something that you guys are going to take on together versus it just being a default to one of the parents involved. So that's other another like good documentary or I guess like it's not really a game, but kind of it's like cards. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know that you can do with your significant other too, just to like help with that load. I love that. I'm definitely going to check that documentary out because I, yeah, I agree. And even just starting to make a list, if there are things that you see that are sucking your energy, making a list of even if these things can't happen right now, how do we get you to a place where they can? How do we get you to a place, like you said, where you can have support with laundry or somebody coming in and cleaning to take some of that load off of you so you can really live? And not just be in that survival mode. Yeah. Exactly. I know it. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes me really, that's like one of those things. Yes. I'm like super guru on systems and like love automation and can go real nerdy there. And from a like human side, it's like, it's hard to even be present and be the best that you can be in your business when you're having the mental load of all the things at home that have to get done and you already having a limited amount of energy capacity. Like there's just, I'm super, super big on that. And I understand that it is a privilege 110% for us to be able to afford and invest in a house manager. Like you said, there's Instacart. There is this other laundry that we had looked into as well instead of doing a house manager. I don't remember the name of it, but it's basically they come and pick up your laundry and then they I think it's like a dollar a pound or something. And so they come pick up your laundry and then they drop it off, whatever, two days later. So there's all these smaller ways that instead of having a person come into your home, which, you know, can be scary totally. And also like Marcus is like, she's never leaving us. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You're like, no, no, no. It's never happening. I know. So we're just like, oh my gosh, the day that she may decide to move on, I'm like, like, it is going to be trouble in our house. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And yes, like you said, start small. There's different ways that you can do that. That's amazing. And I love how you communicating and advocating for yourself in your relationship, in your business and other parts has really helped you build the life that you love, that you want to live. Now with creating this life is creating those boundaries as well to see and manage your capacity. How in work or life have you put boundaries in place to protect your physical, mental, emotional health. Totally. Yeah. So one of the things that I try and protect as much as possible at all costs is my mornings. With chronic fatigue, like alarms are not great. (laughs) Um, Having to wake up to an alarm and knowing that naturally I get up around nine, I don't have anything on my calendar before 10 a.m. So that is a 
pretty dang hard boundary. The only time it may be broken is for flights, <laughs> for travel. But other than that, like meetings and things, like I don't know the last time I even had a meeting before 10. But that is something I advocate for. Even on that same side, when we didn't have a house manager, Marcus and I were doing a lot of call-in stuff. Calling us to go to call in school starts at 7.30 in the morning. My goodness. I feel like that's very early. Is that not? Or is that normal? I don't. I don't know. But <laughs> that's I'm very not. early. <laughs> so it always was very much like, Marcus, you're the morning shift. I will get afternoons all day, every day. Like, and that's just is what it is. Now, are there the occasional where Marcus has a meeting and I need to go and take call in? Absolutely. And again, we try to plan that and know that in advance so I can try and get to sleep at an earlier time to, again, manage and, and whatnot on that front. So there's some boundaries as well as knowing that I'm just not a meetings person. So when I had a team, like a big team, I only had one team meeting a week. Like that's all I had capacity for. And that's tough because it was a meeting with just my two leaders of the team. And then I didn't have meetings with anyone else on my team. And so that could come across as distant or that I don't care or things like that. And it's like me sitting in a meeting with 12 people. I will have after that meeting, I'll be done. Like I will literally not be able to work the rest of the day because that's a lot of energy being put into me. So that's another boundary that I had. And then even when it comes to the type of businesses that I build and business models that I do, like I never want anything that's going to be like super strenuous for long amounts of time. So even my marketing, when I was doing done in a day for three years, which is a, pro, a six month group program that I had coaches support with, I my marketing was like Instagram, which was pretty like light for me anyway. And then like two big pushes a year in March and September for virtual conferences. And so it's like, okay, I can be chill all year. And then for like two days, twice a year, I'm like full on. Okay. And leading up to that, I have routines, right? I have, okay, I'm doing some sauna blanketing. I'm getting massages. I'm just like, eliminating as many stressful things, you know, as possible during those times. So that way I can show up my full self for those two days and then go back and, and you know, shall I actually for my event, I did uh, one of those IV shots. It was like one of those massive, like one liter things. How was it? It was great. And like, I felt great during the entire, like two days of my event. I was shocked. I didn't have like a a drop off either afterwards. Like it was pretty phenomenal. And I'm like not a needles person. So the fact mm -hmm. that I was like sitting there with a the needle in me was kind of a lot, but, but it was pretty, it was very comfortable. And like, they put a whole liter in there. I was like, I'm either going to like, ex my bladder is going to explode or like what, but it was super helpful. And again, you try those different things to see what you need to lean into. And, you know, I think too, uh, I talk about my sauna blanket all the time. And I just got a box from a friend who's like, I don't know why you didn't tell me about the sauna blanket earlier. This is amazing. But like, again, it's a shame around like, you know, I try to sauna blanket every single night. Does it happen every single night? No, but it's something that really, really helps me with just like keeping calm and just feeling good. And so it's one of those things that feel it's like a $700 sauna blanket. Okay. It's like not cheap. And it was like, okay, why am I doing this? Right. Like this is ridiculous. And now it's like that $700, like the, the cost per use at this point is like 
sense because I use it all the time and it's life changing for me. So again, if there's something in your life that you truly do need for you to show up into your best self, for you to get the energy that you need, for you to rest the way that you need to rest, sometimes it's going to be a $700 sauna blanket, right? Sometimes it's going to be, you know, a, a dollar tea that you find that you like. Whatever that is, not having any sort of, again, shame or uh, discomfort around that because it's, it's what you need. And you are a whole person that has the boundaries that you want and has the needs that are specific to you. And so anyone else can just be like, whatever. Again, my husband's like, why are you sweating like on our bed? Like what's going on? <laughs> But now he's like, okay, whatever. So, you know, I think we can enjoy our lives so much more and have such a more fruitful, fulfilling life if we just let go of like the chatter or even sometimes like the made up chatter because we think people are thinking this and they're not thinking this, all of that and just realize like, what do I need to be great? What do I need to feel great? And doing that and not allowing for, again, the outside nonsense to affect that. Like, I think we all would be much happier, much more at peace, much more restful if we just let all that stuff go. Yes. All the outside noise, including the voices in our own head that are putting this shame and guilt on us because we're already getting it from society at every angle you look. There's something you should feel bad about yourself for. It's like turning that off and realizing, what do I need? What is going to help me? like you said, live the best, show up the best, because you can't fill from an empty cup, right? You can't fill into others or be present in other areas of your life if you can't function, right? So I'm glad you found that. And the sauna blanket, I need to look into this. And also the IV, because that's something I've been looking into Mm -hmm. heavily because I'm like, oh, does it? Is it not? But I've heard a couple people now that have had amazing results with it. Yeah, yeah. I did the one, I did the kitchen sink one, which is basically just like, every vitamin possible because I was just like, I don't even know what I need, but I'm sure I need all of this. But you can like talk to them and they'll like help you educate because there's like a lot of choices. So just like, it's kind of like, okay, decision overwhelmed. But it was very helpful for me, for sure. Especially with like something big happening, you know, knowing that you're going to be exerting a lot of energy. I think just like preempting that is helpful. That is amazing. And I'm so happy that it helped with your live event because especially after COVID and everything, which I know a lot of your work is virtual anyways, but being able to do something in person is going to take a little bit more energy as well. So mm-hmm. and being on for 40 an hour straight is a lot. Yes, <laughs> so I'm glad that you found things that were able to help you. So as you have done your business with making things that work for you, so kind of challenging those norms of not having daily meetings maybe creating your done in a day that you've been able to really look into VIP VIP days to support the energy that you have and changing kind of the status quo of what entrepreneurship and running a business should look like. Yeah. What advice would you have for chronic illness warriors out there that are wanting to start a business and kind of explore entrepreneurship? I always say, you know, that this is a real podcast because when I'm like, blah, 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 or sometimes I'm just like, oh, brain fog. I don't remember what I was saying. That they're nervous, though. They're nervous about their capacity, their energy flare ups. 
what kind of advice would you give that person? Mm-hmm. I think that, again, being as upfront as possible. Have I had to move VIP days because of flare-ups? Yes. Have I had to reschedule things because of flare-ups? Yes. And I am very just upfront about it. And I think, too, that people people give you a lot more grace than you think they will. And because it's becoming more and more prevalent, although, again, it's still pretty, I don't know, it's, it's not super known. It's becoming more prevalent and somebody knows somebody who has Hashimoto's or something. And so they're like, okay, I get it, right? And it's always about having both interests at heart. It's like, I want to show up and be great on this VIP day. I know I'm not going to show up and be great. So can we just move it to this day instead? And, you know, I'll do the things that I need to do in order to to get there. And so it can be tough. And also just looking at business models where, again, you know, I'm in a phase right now where chronic chronic flare-ups are high. I've been having them a lot more lately. And so there's a lot of outside stress and and whatever else, just life and, and dealing with some deaths and whatnot. But I... For me, I'm like, okay, the business model that I want is like, and kind of doing it as like a challenge, which is a little more fun for me. Like, can I build a business that I'm spending the majority of my time like on my love sack beanbag, which again, also like obsessed with love sack beanbags. I have two of them. It's obnoxious, but literally we have our living room couch and then my beanbag and I'm always in the beanbag. I love that though. I love that because make it it. work for you, right? Exactly. You want to be comfortable. Yes. So I'm like, can I build a business that I'm spending the majority of the time on my beanbag? I just got rid of my physical office and was just like, I don't want to be at my desk as much and I can't be at my desk as much. And so therefore I need to get rid of this. And so it's forcing me to think differently about my business. What business model allows for me to spend less time on calls and more time, again, in kind of a relaxed horizontal state. So thinking that through too, whether that is services or whether that is a template shop, whether that is a course, whatever that is, always checking in and realigning it to ensure that the business model you're building is aligned with how you how you work best. And how you work best should just be communicated with with everyone, right? So again, if it's, hey, I you know, working full a full five day work week is too much for me. I can only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if you are a monthly retainer person, letting your clients know that Mondays and Fridays are off limits and actually be off limits. <laughs> like shut down the Slack. Don't have it on your phone. Turn off notifications. Put your out of away, you know, out of office situation up. And people think, oh my gosh, what are they gonna think of me? And it's like they're gonna think that you're upholding your boundaries that you literally clearly state it. It's it's a problem when you don't state the boundaries. It's a problem when you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And then you aren't good, right? So be aware enough and be, again, an advocate for yourself enough to state that up front. And if something new changes, right? Because it's always changing. You know, if it's changing, then communicate that as quickly as possible and have a solution, right? Because again, clients... Generally speaking, they don't want problems, they want solutions. So it's like, okay, if all of a sudden I can't do mornings anymore, I'm now going to let them know, hey, mornings aren't great for me. You can totally send me stuff. 
And at noon is when you can expect a response from me and I will like get caught up and and have everything ready to to go. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any business model that isn't like chronic illness friendly. It just, uh, it's very individualized because again, I had the group program with all the coaches and all that sort of stuff. And it was a lot and whatever else, but I also didn't have a ton of chronic flare-ups at that time and whatnot. So it kind of, in my opinion, worked out. You know, I've done probably agency, like services agency, maybe the one that I'm like, that one is gonna, that one's gonna create a lot of resistance or a lot of how it's tradition, how they're traditionally built Mm -hmm. is going to cause you to have to either rethink or reorient a lot of things that clients may or may not be comfortable with. So I would say other than that, though, most businesses, business models anyway, I think can be pretty, again, adaptable to like what your needs are. Yes. And transparency, like you said, that is the biggest thing. If you are transparent and state what the expectation is, what you are going to deliver on, and uphold it. Because I think that's a big thing with boundaries that in business or life is yep. if you're not taking your boundaries seriously as right. a person, how do you expect somebody else to? Right. And this goes as even if you are a team member or an employee, if you are setting boundaries in work that let's say you're going to work your working hours, like let's say you do work a nine to five and nine to five and your boss is messaging you at 10 p.m but you answer every time at 10 p.m., then they don't know, right? They just, they're right. thinking, okay, they're answering. Cool, I'm not doing anything wrong, right? Like there's a yeah. whole other issue with that. But it's following, following your boundaries. Like you said, if you have Slack or other apps on your phone, turning notifications off and unplugging and abiding to that is huge. Because especially with clients, if you are not holding those boundaries, Yep. clients probably won't because they don't know any different. Right. They're going to follow With your lead. That. Yeah. So, so that's that's how that goes. I love that. And it's all individual. So you can design something that's going to work for you, not against you. Don't have all like planning something that is unrealistic for the point in your life you're at now. It's not. It's just going to hurt you. Like when it comes to the business model, right? Goal. I mean, set your goals. Get those big ass hairy goals out there, you know, get massive goals, but set it up in a way that is going to support the way you're living. Right. Exactly. Yes. hundred percent. And and don't don't base your goals off of everybody else and what they've got going on. You know, I think back when I was like a single person versus now being married with a child. Very different life. <laughs> And so what I accomplished and do in my single them as a business owner was a lot more than I have now. And while it's not necessarily that, you know, it's it's I don't see it as taking time away or being in the way of my success in any way, shape or form. I've had actually more success technically from a revenue and all of that stuff since being married. But I I think that too often we just see everybody else's numbers and decide that that's our number two and it doesn't have to be. Um, yeah, I just I, I think that that ends up putting you in a place that doesn't feel aligned and ultimately then will uh, most likely cause more flare ups and more 
frustration because that's not that's not your goal. You just chose that goal because somebody else did, you know? Yes. You saw somebody on Instagram that's like, okay, making 100K months starting tomorrow. Like, <laughs> it's not aligned with your life. That's I have a whole other issue with that. But it, yes. it's, if it's not aligned with your life, and like you said, success looks different when you were a single person versus now that you're married with a family, right? It's, yeah. And that's okay that that changes. Totally. And yep. accepting that the ebbs and flows are going to happen. And you said right now, unfortunately, you're in a season of your life with more flare-ups. So adapting your business to reflect what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. And not, again, not having shame about it. First of all, business, like businesses in the world pivot all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, you know, like it in, for some reason in like this, like small business online bubble, like if you pivot, people automatically think like, oh, like your business is doing poorly or, oh, like she's having a mental breakdown or, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, things can just not be aligned anymore, you know, or like whatever else. And yeah, maybe it is because life is harder right now. And so therefore I need to pull back in my business. So what, (laughs) you know, like it's silly that there's this just like weird, because we live a bit more publicly in how we share things, then, you know, people are going to try and piecemeal stuff together. And I've just found that you have to get really comfortable with being misunderstood a lot. And even, especially, you know, chronic illness wise too, just being misunderstood. Again, like I said, I'm sure there were team members who I loved and adored and whatever else, but they thought I don't get to talk to Jordan on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. Like, you know, enter entitled, enter dictatorship, enter all sorts of stuff that I've never heard any of these things, but I'm sure that they were thoughts. And so it's just like, but that's not the case. I just don't have the energy for it. Right. And so that's why I put the managers in place to be there for you all day, every day. And I know what's going on and and I'm kept abreast on everything, but it's, it can be tough. And the more that I've just been able to be at peace by being misunderstood, which is very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable for me, the better that I have just been like at peace with who I am and how I operate and being very unapologetic about it. Because if you just are constantly trying to be understood by every single person that encounters you, you'll never have time to do anything. (laughs) Like you'll never have time for your own life. So that's definitely a takeaway I want people to have is please, please, please just be okay with being misunderstood not everybody is going to get what you have to say or what you're doing or your reasoning. And that is okay. I really okay. love that. That's literally going to be my next sticky note on my wall. Be comfortable with being misunderstood. Because not only in business, social media, being chronically ill. Like if you want to bring your own food to a family dinner because you know that is safe for you to eat, screw what Aunt Helen says. It does not matter. Be understood. Think that I'm picky. Think I'm entitled. Whatnot. Cool. Cool. See, you know, I'm going to bring that to my holiday dinner so I know I'm safe and can actually enjoy the family dinner. I'm not going to have a flare-up just to make somebody else happy. Exactly. We're not going to do that. I freaking (laughs) love that. I love that. Oh, please, everybody, write that down. Being comfortable with being misunderstood. Yeah. Amazing. So now we're going to go back. We're going to we're going to go back a little bit. We're going to go back to little Jordan. So when Jordan was younger and kind of 
your childhood and back there. What when you started the journey of trying to find the diagnosis, because I know that journey did take a long time for you. So during that journey at the beginning of it, what would you tell little Jordan? Yeah, I think that, you know, in seventh and eighth grade, again, when that first was starting to come up for me, uh, I think that, I mean, it's very similar to the message that I just said, like, you're going to be misunderstood by doctors, you're going to be again kind of shoved off to the side and that doesn't mean that what you're experiencing isn't real or that it isn't something that is you know a struggle for you on a daily basis i think that you know letting her know that not only what you're dealing with is like actually happening but also that just because one or two people said that they don't understand doesn't mean that the third or fourth or fifth or sixth person still won't understand. Like there is somebody that will, and you just need to go and find that person and be relentless until you do. So I think that's what I would tell her back in the day. Be uh, relentless. It makes me think of Dory from, um, yes. like just keep just swimming, swim. just keep <laughs> swim, right? Swim until you find somebody because there is that person out there. That will understand, but it can take some people. It can take some going through. It can, but just like your husband and boyfriend journey, we all kissed a lot of frogs. A hundred. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you this the other day. It's so true. Finding a doctor that is a good fit or a medical team or medical care. It's literally like dating. It it is. And something like you can do like dating. You can break up with people. You can break up with a doctor that is not a good fit. You can stop seeing them. Don't post them, though, because you want to make sure you get all your medical records. Right. Yeah. But once you do that, then see you later. This has been so amazing. I'm just so happy you joined us today, Jordan. I can't wait for everybody to listen and hear because this it's just so great to hear how you have implemented not only systems, but boundaries and really have been able to build a life that you love and a life that you actually enjoy living while honoring your body and your chronic illness. Now, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or connect with you, how would they do that? Yeah, so Instagram is my jam. I'm the one in the DMs, chirp, chirp, and a voice note, and everybody. And my Instagram handle is at systems saved me, plural systems, because not just one system can save you, unfortunately. <laughs> That'd be nice. But systems, plural, saved me on Instagram. And then I also have a podcast. So obviously, you're a podcast listener. So you can go head over to systems saved me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope everybody has a fantastic day. And until next time. Yeah. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode. If this episode inspired you or you connected with it, we would love to hear from you. Can you do us a favor? Take just two minutes to leave us a review. Your words can make the world of a difference on our podcast journey. We genuinely appreciate your support. Hit that subscribe button and click the plus sign at the top to follow us. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Trust me, you won't want to miss the exciting content we have in store. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Until next time, sending you love, hugs, and all the spoons.